This week on the show, things are a little bit different. I first start with a ghost story. I talk about how I transmuted a haunted house for my mom a few weeks ago, so that's a fun one. And then we get into the nitty gritty. We talk about the whispers of a virus. And no, it's not the virus you're thinking of. I'm talking about herpes. It's something that I have. It's something that you might have. It's something that I know a loved one of yours has. And it's this virus that's surrounded by so much shame and so much judgment. And there's a huge misconception around the whole thing. And I've absolutely had to move through so much darkness to be where I am right now telling the world, hey, I have it. And it feels crazy, but it's a good kind of crazy. So a few of the whispers that herpes has taught me is one, how to listen to my body. Two, to learn that my intuition, she knows what's up. She knows what's up and she's worth listening to and honoring. And also how important the truth is and how the truth will set you free. And finally, I talk about how no matter who you become or unbecome, you are loved either way. Next weekend is my birthday, so to celebrate, I'm going to put one less thing on my to-do list, and unfortunately, that means the podcast, which is my favorite thing on the to-do list to do, but yeah, next week, there will not be a podcast episode, but we will be coming in hot the following week with some new interviews, some new topics, and all that good stuff. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, please share, please share this, because This is something I think a lot of people need to hear and consider leaving me a review. All right, guys, thank you for always being here. Thank you for coming here if it's your first time. And thank you, thank you, thank you for holding space for me in the way that you do. All right, let's get into it. You are listening to the School of Whispers podcast. I'm your host. Stephanie, and this is my space to get real, open, and weird about my life experiences as a psychic, medium, energy healer, and student of Chinese medicine. On the show, I'll be sharing my healing journey and the concepts I've learned along the way, and I'll be having guests on talking about the same sort of thing. I am so happy you're here, and I hope this show leaves you feeling inspired and empowered to learn how to listen to the whispers of your own body and spirit. Let's get into the show. All right. I'm so happy you're here. I was just in doing my usual meditation preparation for this podcast, and i I, every once in a while, well, actually lately, I've really been into doing a humming, chanting sort of meditation. And as I was doing it, I was really thinking I could feel all my sinuses and everything just open up. And I was just thinking, wow, it's so amazing how powerful and healing just one's voice can be. And that was not lost on me because I have a feeling that this podcast is going to be particularly healing for me. Maybe for you, I hope, I mean, 
bonus points if it is for you as well. But I know that this is absolutely part of my journey. Before I do get into it, I want to tell you a ghost story. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, I kind of left you guys hanging (laughs) about two weeks ago. I was visiting home in West Palm Beach and what my one of the many things that my mom does is she buys houses and she flips them. So she was kind of doing her rounds, uh, checking in on the houses, but also showing me all of them because I love to see the before before I see the after. It's so fun to see the transformation. And one of the houses that we went to had a particular energy to it. I... When I walked in, I felt my whole body get really heavy and my arms started to get really itchy. And I was thinking, huh, this is the new, this is new. And I was wondering, maybe there's mold in this house. Maybe there's something up. And then as I was feeling that, I was kind of in the main living area. I looked down the hallway and I see a room at the end of the hallway and it kind of looked like it was an office or something. And against the wall, I'm seeing static. And typically when I see static, that is an indication that there is um, a heightened energy, some sort of portal type energy going on. And so I'm staring at this staticky energetic portal, trying to just kind of almost mesmerized by it, but also trying to make sense of it. And then in my peripheral vision, so let's say the portal's 12 o'clock, around three or four o'clock, I see the image of a man standing with his arms crossed, really pushed up against his chest and his chin's down and he looks very disapproving. And so I shift my glance over to see him and then there was nothing there. And so I walk into that room and I, I feel I feel the heaviness and everywhere, all over my body, I'm itchy and it's I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm I'm actually, believe it or not, guys, I'm a skeptic. I, I mean, I've mentioned in the last podcast with Casey that I've never gotten a reading from anyone because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't trust other psychics. Is that is that fucked up of me to say? I don't know. But I Um, yeah, I'm very skeptical. So this is all happening and I'm trying to create logic out of it. And then kind of really what made me decide, okay, okay, this is, this is something of the other realms is after being in that room, I look out a window and I look outside and I'm hit with this vision of a man and a woman putting clothes out on a laundry line. And then from that point there it's just chatty there whatever energy or entities or spirits were there became super chatty and this only this has only happened a few times in my life and in the past before i had boundaries in the the physical world with my physical actual 3d relationships before i created boundaries with that I had no boundaries at all. And in the spirit world, it also manifested as having no boundaries. And I would have all these chatty spirits and entities around me and I hated it. I, as a kid, I just turned it off. And I think one time it, um, it came through when in my adult life was in 2019 
And yeah, every time I hate it. <laughs> um, but since then, in 2020, was really my year of setting boundaries with my loved ones. And it helped me create boundaries in the spiritual realms. And so now when there is chattiness, I'm able to either one, shut it off or create a direct line, direct stream of information. So I take a moment and tune in and all I could hear was especially the man. The man was really speaking over the woman. And But as my mom is going on and on about all the changes she wants to make to the house, the two of them are saying, uh-uh, no, you're not. You're not going to change anything about this house. And so I'm hearing and I'm kind of making a face and my mom looks at me and says, oh, I know, I know this place is hideous, but it's going to look so much better. <laughs> and as you can imagine, they did not like that. And I just said, oh, yeah, mom, I believe you. Let's go. I I, I got to go. Let's go. We walked out of the house and I get in the car and I say, I ask, I tell my mom, when you guys start construction, let me know if anything weird happens. And she looks at me, goes, what do you mean? What do you mean, Stephanie? <laughs> so I said, mom, I don't, I don't know what the best way is to say this, but there are two spirits in that house and it's a man and a woman and they don't want you changing it they don't want you doing anything to change it and my mom's face of course goes white she's not she's not totally into all of this spiritual stuff i mean she's she's gotten she's gotten so much better but i remember when really all these gifts started to really come on i i took a few months to be able to tell her and i remember her first reaction was wait you're telling people you're telling people about this you're you're actually like going out to public places talking about these things <laughs> no other questions no other curiosity just like what you're you're telling others um but she's gotten i mean i've done readings for her and every time i share stories with her that are just super there's just no way that i can know this information without having this uh, this this direct line with the other side when I work with clients or strangers come up to me and things like that happen she's become more and more open and I guess respects my line of work I think but anyways so she, she says to me Stephanie no one's lived in that house for a very very long time and who lived there was a man and a woman, a brother and a sister. And the man was a designer. He was an architect and he designed that house. So to me, that totally makes sense, made sense why the man was really, really just not happy about my mom making changes. And then she told me that well, they did not die in this house. They died while they were living in this house. So she says, Stephanie, you need to take care of this. <laughs> And I'm, I, I reply with confusion and uh, doubt and uncertainty. And that's when I posted it to Instagram asking anyone for help and um, didn't really get any <laughs> advice except for my father-in-law who was just like, girl, do not touch any of that. Do not. He loves watching those, those mystery ghost paranormal shows. But I only read that message after the fact. 
So the next day, my girl Casey, um, it was actually right after we recorded the podcast, um, I we decided, okay, let's go to the house. Let's do this. I grabbed an amethyst, and which is, uh, I had a session with a shaman about a year ago, and she did a soul retrieval for me, and the amethyst is really strong. Is a, it's a very strong um, symbol for me. And just knowing that I have enough energy, there is enough, I am enough. And then, of course, having my girl Casey is just another whole power totem in itself. And then she brought some sage. Right before we entered the house, we stood outside of it and I created a field around us of protection across all timelines and dimensions. I called upon my higher self, guides, ancestors, as well as Casey's. And then we entered the space. And it's so funny because my mom drove us there and she brought the dogs in the car. She has these two adorable, needy, precious doodles that are obsessed with her. So she brought them in the car. I remember seeing one of them's Wrigley. (laughs) You've seen Wrigley's big dopey face looking out the window. And then my mom drives away and Casey and I were like, what the fuck? <laughs> she just, is she leaving us? But anyway, so yeah, protection, walk into the house. And again, that heavy, itchy feeling came in and I could feel my right arm starting to tremble and shake, which I've never felt before. That was pretty weird. And I, and, and I'll get back to that later. And so we walk towards that back room and I place my hands. So this is, I've learned this through Dr. Adamson. After ayahuasca, when my sight of energy started really coming in and I started seeing portals everywhere, Dr. Adamson taught me how to measure them as well as how to transmute them. So what I did is I Googled, well, Casey's saging the whole place, saging me, saging the corners of the room. And I Google this chart called power versus force. So it's an omega frequency and it shows vibrational um, frequencies and measured in hertz. And then it labels them, kind of compares these frequencies to emotions. On the bottom, we have shame followed by guilt uh, what is that? Anxiety, ap- apathy. And then towards the top, we have joy, peace, and then enlightenment and ultimate consciousness. And you can do this with so many objects. You can do this with crystals, jewelry, um, little totems, anything. And so I placed one hand around the portal and I brought my finger over the power versus force chart. And then I stop when my finger feels like there's a lot of tingling and heaviness. So I kind of run my hand along from the bottom to the top, the top to bottom. And then where I felt the heaviness feeling, I stopped. And the vibrational frequency of that portal in that room was along the frequency of grief and fear, which totally made sense because I could feel there was a lot of sadness when I was first in that house. So I placed my hands around the portal and I asked my higher self if they could transmute it. I got a yes and I just held it, breathed for a little bit. I went back to the chart and I measured the frequency and the portal aligned. Well, actually, I asked um, asked my higher self if I could remove the portal 
I always ask if I can remove it first because a lot of portals are very sensitive to the energy around it. It's very easy for them, for their frequency to drop or heighten. I think, at least I think I could be wrong there. Um, so I try, I tried to remove it. Wasn't a thing. So I asked to transmute it and then it transmuted. I got a yes. It transmuted to the frequency of acceptance and reason, which I think is a pretty, so it's not all the way up the chart. It's right. Reason is right under love, which after that comes joy, peace, enlightenment. So it went up pretty high and I think it's a pretty fair place to be after aligning with grief. And then I, I spoke to the spirits. I, I could feel myself being watched, but it's funny. It's like they, they knew that I was there and I meant business and I was surrounded by my people and they were very, very quiet. And so I just spoke out loud. I said, hey, you know, we, I see you. I honor you. And I know that this was your home for so long, but it's no longer your home. This is no longer a place for you to reside. And if you want to go somewhere else, that's so much better. And and I didn't say to them, like, you want to go back to source? But that's really what I'm speaking of. Source, which um, honestly, to me, source is something bigger than God. It's, it's, it's the energy that almost creates God. And it's where we return to. It's where we come from. It's this all-loving consciousness. And when I say love, I'm not talking about that red heart romantic love. It's so much more than that that I'm not going to take my time explaining. But I I opened up a portal for a return to home. And I said to them, if you if you choose to leave, this is where you can I I've opened this up to you. And if you choose to stay, then know you are forbidden from getting involved with any of the changes that we make in this home. You're absolutely forbidden. And then we left. <laughs> I took a I took a selfie of myself outside of the house and my whole face is just confusion. And honestly, I'm not sure if that helped. After I tuned in, I I could feel all of my my people around me after I spoke those words. I could feel, if you listen to the Whispers of Ayahuasca Part 1, I talk about these little beings that have little shaking heads. And they're, they're like my little energy transmuter buddies. And I could feel them all around me. And then I could hear, I, I didn't feel like I was being watched and I didn't hear anything else. So maybe I did something, but you know, the the proof is in the pudding. So I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you updated on that. But to quickly, before I get into the big topic of the day, I do want to tie in the loose end of my forearm shaking, my arm shaking. Next week at school, I saw Dr. Adamson and I told him the story and I said, hey, um, this I have been feeling right around the top side of my forearm. So I asked him to feel and he felt he felt something on my arm. It wasn't an entity. It wasn't a trapped emotion. He jokingly said it was probably ectoplasm, which you know what? It Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. But it was really cool because he just kind of pulled it all out. And then I haven't felt any pain since. And I do not recommend that you go and transmute a haunted house after hearing this story. I probably was out of my scope of practice, but I'm always just willing to 
try new things and I'm just not after everything coming on live talking to dead people all the time I'm not afraid of ghosts I also don't even like the word ghost I think that's a total Hollywood concept all right so I guess a, a great segue and I, I have no idea what I'm going to call this episode usually what what happens before I record a podcast that week I will meditate and ask my guides for for information and this is very much a a, a divinely guided podcast I I mean the whole reason I started it was I felt the call and I resisted I resisted and it was after ayahuasca I knew that you can't I can't ignore the calls anymore because I know how sick it can make me when I ignore it it's funny because I noticed that all these past topics that my guides have given me uh, and when they give me a topic my mind it's like the floodgates are open and my mind starts racing with all the topics all the conversations all the points that will be made and in hindsight having these topics of the masculine feminine energies with mana and then talking about the onking and the sexual energy I realized that my my guides were priming me for this topic here which is I guess we could call it the topic of shame but I'm gonna go outright and say this is about herpes this is about having genital herpes or really any type of herpes at all maybe it's the whispers of a virus because actually in my meditation uh, right before starting I called in who a guide who's who's here to guide me in this next podcast and I fucking herpes stepped in and I mean if you you haven't made the assumption by now if you I mean I'm very very open with my friends with my classmates with people around me I I have herpes and I have worked through so much shame and it has actually been such a strange and potent medicine for me that I it's it it feels really strange saying it into a microphone feeling the collective energy of all you guys listening to this it's it actually feels a little scary but I've never felt after the after I worked through the shame within the first year of having it I never allowed myself to hold back and to feel shame about saying it out loud to people because fact of the matter is one in five people at least in the United States according to the CDC so I'll, I mean I'll just take the statistic as it is but yeah one in every five people have it and after a certain point I just refused I refused to be ashamed of something that was so common that every person has and so many of us carry the shame with us and I'll tell you something, being ashamed of something that the emotion of shame is so much more damaging than any virus, any illness. I I know this might be triggering to hear that. It might, it's a little triggering for me to say that because I've, I've suffered, I've suffered a lot from this virus. Um, so to kind of take you back to the beginning when it happened, um, it was, I got, I got it from someone that, um, who's not a bad person. I, 
you know, I don't, I don't hate him. I don't have any animosity towards him. But when it had happened, when I made the decision to sleep with him, I, I didn't want to. Everything in me told me no. And the truth is, is because I knew he had a girlfriend and I didn't want to be a part of that. But one thing left, led to another and yeah, it, it happened. And about two weeks later, I started getting really sick. And I had no idea what was going on. I just felt like I had the flu. And I, I felt just like a little scratch, just a little scratch down there. And so I went to the doctors and it was right around New Year's. And they didn't get back to me about tests because because of the holiday for like four or five days and I was really suffering um they say that the worst the worst breakout is the first breakout which I disagree with but in terms of actually getting sick physically sick like the flu I think it is true if you think about it, it it is a virus that's introduced to your body and your body has to acclimate to it so as the doctors typically say, at least mine did, he's, he told me that every following breakout would be a lot easier. I, I, was, I was not sure what it was because um, I, I didn't meet all the symptoms and I was way too ashamed to talk to my mom about it. And my close friends, honestly, none of them checked in on me. <laughs> no one checked in on me, which really sucked because I, I, it just, it just, contributed to the more feeling of aloneness until one day I broke down and I told my mom and she was like Steph you're you're what what the fuck you're you're going to the gynecologist now you're not going to some bobo ass MD now to get your test here so she got me right in with the gynecologist and what sucked was, again, not all my symptoms match the typical genital herpes um, category. And he looked at it. He looked at my blood work from the MD now. And he was like, girl, you're fine. You're good. You, you, you go home. Go home and take care of yourself. Just take a nice bath. Chill out. That's just a scratch. It's probably an ingrown hair or something. And then so I walk away, relieved, giggling. And and then the nurse ran after me in the hallway. She called my name and she kind of put her hand on my shoulder and said, I'm so sorry. You need to come back. You need to come back to his office. So I'm walking down the hallway with my stomach flipped, no longer feeling relief, feeling confusion and just feeling like my legs were made of lead. And I entered his office and he said, I'm so fucking sorry. I, the, you're, it's so new to your system that you don't have the antibodies yet. But he had taken a culture sample and it came back positive. And I think I was just in shock. And I really, I really didn't know anything about herpes at that point. We had, I mean, I went to Catholic school, guys. Can you imagine what my health class looked like in health in Catholic school? I mean, we did go over STDs, but um, it it just not in depth, and yeah. And so I went home and I googled, "What is herpes? What does it mean to have it? 
anything and everything about it. And all the rhetoric around it was really, really scary. And it felt like I was a social pariah and I was just part of this disgusting human germs. And I remember this one particular image, which it it honestly traumatized me. All the research I did on herpes, it fucking traumatized me. And it was this this little creature that kind of was in the shape of like an amoeba and it was yellow and it had these big black eyes and it had this mouth with this long red tongue and these sharp fangs and little hands that had claws on it. And that was herpes. That was herpes on this government website. And that was me. That it was now inside of me for forever and that's how I viewed myself so you know overcoming the sickness feeling alone thank god I reached out to one of my close friends and I'll I'll keep um, this friend completely anonymous because this is their own business I, I I think I might be crazy for talking about this so openly but it's I think it's a good crazy it feels good being this crazy anyways um my good friend happened to I remember texting my friend and saying I need you you're all caught up in your relationships and I need you right now please please like I have I have herpes and then my friend texted me back called me and said no fucking way I just got herpes. My friend said, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there, but I was going through my own natural disaster of realizing that I have herpes. (laughs) We both got it at the same time. So that helped. That helped a lot. And then I just started to, I'm, I'm just not somebody who can... I wear my heart on my sleeve. I can't, I'm not good at hiding. I'm, I'm just not pretending I'm okay. It's, it's written all over my face. So I just started going through the list and telling my friends. Um, thankfully, I hadn't slept with anyone um, for months before or after him. Um, so I didn't have to go through a list of partners and let them know that I had herpes. And actually, one thing I do want to say is it's not typical for if a guy to have HSV2, which is general herpes, for them to have symptoms. (laughs) Isn't that kind of a load of bullshit? (laughs) But yeah, it's, I mean, he had no idea that he had had it. Um, It turns out he was sleeping around himself with other girls that weren't his girlfriend before me. And he had no idea that it had it. Apparently it kind of the virus will sit dormant within the head of the penis. But um, apparently HSV1, which is oral herpes, which is a cold sore, which is so much more common than you think. I think the statistics for that is a lot more. Um, It's probably one in every... mm, Let me... Actually, before I say this, let me look it up. Oh, this is good. Over 50% of United States population is infected with oral herpes. (laughs) awesome um so yeah it's a lot more common for that to be um a symptom of something that's very um obvious to a man um so yeah he didn't know and I, I remember calling him and 
he was just like, are you sure? Are you sure it's me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely sure. And something that he said, which was, um, it took me by surprise and it was, he, he said, well, what, what's going to happen for you? He was, to my surprise, concerned about my well-being and how my future was going to look with this. <laughs> and it hit me there. I had the realization that the thing that bothered me the most was not my um my sexuality and all of that changing um what bothered me the most was that um, i'm like i've always like i've always just been into birth and pregnancy since um really since high school and college just researching it and like i always had this dream of having a natural birth and um you know, having the option of not having to do a C-section or anything like that. And the thing is, is you get, when your hormones are off and when your system's under pressure, you get breakouts. And so that, it just hit me there when he asked me that, that I wasn't, I mean, it's a possibility that I won't be able to give birth in the way that I want to. And while that feels like the greatest tragedy, it's also been my greatest driving factor for researching and just kind of saying, no, like I, I refuse this life sentence. And um, I've gone through so many rabbit holes of research of alkaline diets and all these and lysine and supplements and all and I've had so many people wanting to help me and 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 please guys um and I, I I'm sure you know you all have such big hearts and thank you thank you thank you for holding space for me that the in the way you always do but please don't reach out to me with um advice and kind of unsolicited advice um, because I don't know if you've ever struggled with a health thing but having a bunch of people coming at you with unsolicited advice it just doesn't entirely feel good it doesn't feel empowering or anything like that I'm I'm on my I'm on my journey with this and I'm so happy to share um, my journey with you but um, it's definitely been an intuitive journey. Anyways, one of one of the many rabbit holes that I've dived into, something really interesting. And I don't know how valid and true this is because I haven't tried. I haven't tried it yet. Um, actually, um, my friend's dad has, and he's really really pleased with the results. But there is one or two doctors who used to work for the CDC. Uh, they actually were fired after after their research and after coming out with this. And they learned that herpes is not something that exactly is permanent inside of you. And it doesn't live. So they say it lives in the spine, but doesn't necessarily 
according to them, live there. It actually lives on the ganglion between... Okay, so we have the neuron. We think of it as a like a little circle. And then coming off the neuron are like little branches, which they call... Or like a jelly. Think of a jellyfish. The ganglion are those gangly limbs that come off the neuron. And then the way that neurons communicate is in between their two ga- their ganglion are synapses. And they they communicate almost like electrically um and i'm probably butchering that but so where herpes lives according to these doctors and their research is on these synapses and what keeps them there are heavy metals so with this research this discovery they just they've developed a an herbal protocol which is a heavy metal detox and it pushes herpes out of your system and what my friend's dad experienced is he started having a lot more frequent breakouts but they quickly quickly result and he and type one or type two this is helpful for it's called herpacil i don't know if i said that but it um it dredges your system of heavy metals and helps detox you and yeah, so you would feel how have all these frequent breakouts and that would resolve themselves quicker and quicker. And he realized his body is healing itself a lot faster without the need of lysine or anything like that. So really fascinating. Um, definitely interested in trying that protocol. Personally, what I found is the herbal tea banangan, ban lan gun. It's Chinese. I, I can I can put a um what do you call it? In the show notes, I'll put a link to the one that I buy. And if you are into herbs and you're taking notes here, know that this is the number one antiviral herb in Chinese medicine. And and I'm pretty sure maybe in all herbal medicine. So it works for the onset of illness though, for any virus. So notice I'm saying onset. So usually if you wait until you're already sick or you're already kind of in the middle of a a breakout, it's typically not strong enough to fully resolve it. If, if I am in the middle of a breakout, I'll just (laughs) do heavy doses of the banlang gun and you can do little sachets or you can get the part of the plant itself combined with lysine cream right now. That's been the most helpful. And uh, I mean, I get breakouts when my immune system's low or if I'm drinking too much, creating too much of an acidic environment in my body. But I can usually feel when that's coming on. And I know that I do my protocols. Also, if anyone, if anyone's listening who is um, in the future going to get herpes or has it now, they're struggling. Another thing that's great is domiboro. It's great to take baths in. But what's interesting is when I'm struggling with my emotions, when I have emotional outbursts, there's usually no warning. It's like Bam, I wake up the next day and I have a breakout. So what is what what are the whispers here? What is what have I gained from this experience? Um well for starters, it was one of the many medications that I was taking. There's this medication called valocyclovir that I was prescribed. It did nothing. It did nothing for me, guys. It did not prevent anything. If anything, I was getting weird side effects from it. So 
that was kind of the first time where I was like, wait, hold on. I don't think these pharmaceuticals are have my best interest in mind. And it was expensive. And, and I almost wonder, and I don't know, guys, this is me just speculating. I almost wonder if these guys promoting herbs, saying that this isn't something that exists within you forever, if that threatened big pharma who makes a lot of money off of the over 50% of Americans that have HSV-1 and the one in five or six Americans who have HSV-2, if that threatened any financial gains that they make off of all of these Americans that use this medication. But again, just speculating here. So when I first got my breakout, I um, I really had to take a look at myself and ask myself, why did I say yes when everything in me was telling me no, don't don't sleep with this kid, don't give in. Uh, my uh, my my higher. I know I didn't really have a close relationship, like uh, a strong sense of spirituality, close relationship with my higher self. Everything in me told me, Stephanie, red flag, red flag, not for you, not for you. And yet I still did it. So I really had to reconcile with that and and trust. That was a moment where. And I mean, in every step I take towards coming closer and more in alignment and embodying my higher self is always, usually it stems out of a moment of being out of alignment and not listening to my intuition. It's usually the failures that bring out the greatest lessons. So that was a huge, huge eye opener for me of realizing that my intuition is kind of on point and completely worth honoring and then I know that there was a part of me that wanted to say yes because I had a lot of programming growing up of wanting to be a pleaser wanting to um and and guys by the way this was completely consensual here it was just inside of me my intuition saying stop it what are you doing this is wrong but I like I'm not pitting myself as a victim here if anything it was more of a it forced me to take responsibility and to see what was it that drove me to do something that I felt wrong about. And it was this also this side of not wanting to say no to a guy because he wanted me. And I'm so lucky. How lucky am I that some guy wants me? And I really had I had this really this big struggle that came from middle school with my own self-worth when it came to guys I, I thought that it the more guys who wanted me the more worthy I was and then there was also this huge huge shame that came in I remember every time I looked at my body every time I got out of the shower and I saw my my naked body I felt deep disgust and shame and I I found that unacceptable. It was within the first three or four months. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't look at myself and feel that way every fucking day, multiple times a day. Unacceptable. It launched me into, I guess, beginning my journey of holding space for my body and returning to love. And 
accepting myself for everything I am and everything I'm not. I remember one thing that I did is I, something that has always been super healing for me is artwork. And I started to draw myself naked I, I and, and to paint. And I used some of those drawings and I created paintings, which are still in my house. And they're in my, um, in my living room and, and, and also in the office. There's two of them. And every time I look at them, I, I remember <laughs> it's a reminder that I can be everything that could be deemed as shameful and gross and icky and all of that stuff. And I will still refuse to give in to that fuckery. I will still choose to rise above that by taking responsibility for my actions and choosing to return to self-love. Another brilliant whisper from the virus that is herpes is the gift of listening. Like, yeah, we all have to listen to our bodies. And yeah, I did have this whole practice of trying to listen to my system, especially my digestive system beforehand. But I think it was, it was a bit warped. It was a bit warped, my whole system of listening to myself. My ego was definitely in the way when it came to listening to my body, when it came to food. My ego had just decided this food good, this food bad, health food, health food, or no food, or else you're going to be sick. And, and I've talked about this in the whispers of food, body image and all of that stuff was, yeah, it was, it's, it's a, it's a progressing work in progress, but with herpes, you, you can't, you can't live this lifestyle of drinking every other day or drinking every day and smoking all the time and having acidic foods, which is basically sugary foods before going to sleep. Like you need to work on having an alkalized, alkalized state. And so that's leafy greens. Chlorella has been helpful. And then also just being aware of my emotions. When there's an emotional outburst, typically that's going to stem. It's like a volcano that's dormant. It's going to stem from swallowing, swallowing, swallowing emotions. And if you are continuously swallowing emotions, which is kind of my go-to, it's just how I was growing up. I felt like I was not allowed to feel big emotions. And so I tend to just wait until something outside of me makes me explode. And then bam, I got a breakout. So it's forced me to tune in deeply. It's brought me to practices like muscle testing. And yeah, it's not easy, but it's, it, it is what it is. And I don't, I don't want to be any other way. Um, another whisper that was really big and, and I'm so grateful for my husband Mana in so many ways because from the very, well, I mean, and I asked for his blessing before recording this podcast, but in so many ways, he has been so healing. His reaction, his unexpected to re- reactions to learning that I've had this and learning other things along the way has been um, incredible. I mean, when I first told him, he was just like, Stephanie, I, I love you. 
I want you. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't want to be with anyone else. I, I'd gotten it after I had first met him. Um, and then (laughs) I got it like, like a month before he came to America to visit me. So can you, can you imagine guys anticipating a guy coming for months and months after having this whirlwind romance across the world? And then driving three hours to Orlando to pick him up and then just sitting in the car wondering, when when am I going to say it? When am I going to say it? Um, But yeah, that's, yeah, that's that whole part. That's, that's for me. (laughs) It's not for you. But yeah, I mean, his reaction was, you, you are my person. So yeah, that was super healing for his reaction. But truth is, is I lied. I lied about how I got it to him because I was ashamed. There was that shame coming in. In 2021, we moved to Orlando and I was living somewhere with mold, with toxic mold. And it, it fucked up my system. I was getting breakouts like every two weeks. It really fucking sucked. But that was also during my big spiritual awakening. And I remember sitting in meditation and thinking, there has to be something else to this. There has, we had moved. We had left the toxic mold place. We were somewhere new. And I was just, yeah, I was just thinking there has to be more. It can't just be this virus. There, I feel like there's something more to this. And so I tuned in and it was when I was relatively new to tuning in. And the answer I got was the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And about mm, maybe three weeks before I got that message, I I'd had a breakout and I was sitting on my balcony and I was hitting the acupuncture point heart eight. So if you make a loose fist, it's where your pinky lands in between your pinky finger and your ring finger. And I was hitting 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 that point because that point is to help with emotions but it's also to help with genital itching fun fact actually the the your hand if you look at your palm for a second here um, your hand is a micro system for the macro system of your body basically it's a mirror it's a mirror of your body so the tips of your fingers represent the top of your body. And as you go down and down, you get closer towards the bottom of your body. So where your pinky finger lands represents your genitals and it helps with genital itching. And so I had a really painful and comfortable breakout at the time. And I was hitting that point, hitting that point, hitting that point, doing my breath work, doing my breath work. And it was through hitting that point combined with the breath work and probably asking desperately for help from my people on the other side, that I experienced my first past life regression alone. And it was my first past life regression ever, but I was also alone in meditation. And and if, you, if you're if you hearing that, your ears are perking up, uh, go ahead. If you haven't listened to the whispers of past life regressions, I, I mean, I didn't share that. <laughs> I didn't share that. It started because I had a herpes breakout. <laughs> but yeah, it, it drove me. It drove me to having that regression. And then there was like a week later, I had my second regression. And it was with this, it, I was a man in Egypt in this past life. And it was all about how a lie 
made me sick and eventually drove me to an early death. And when I say early death, I mean, I believe we all pass when it's our time. We don't ever leave this world too soon. It, it is exactly, it is perfect timing. But in that life, I felt like I was, I knew I was dying because a lie had, that I was keeping had stolen my life force energy. And actually to tie it back to what I was mentioning earlier in the episode when I was talking about transmuting that portal in the haunted house, I was looking at that power versus force chart, which shows the vibrational frequencies of emotions. And I'll, I'll provide a link in the show notes for this chart. But the low vibrational emotions of shame and guilt, which are right at the bottom, they reside as low as you possibly can go on this chart. And this is what enables vibrations to manifest in the third dimension as illness, sickness, and it's what killed me in that past life. And for anyone who needs to hear this, I'll tell you what that past life version of me told me. No lie is ever worth living out. So all that time, a a little, maybe about a month after those first regressions, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what's, why, why can't I shake these breakouts? And I heard clear as day, the truth will set you free. And, and so I had to go to sit Mana down and tell him the truth about how I got it. And he he knew, (laughs) he knew. He knew I was lying. He he told me he was just waiting for me to feel ready to say something to him. But it's crazy. What's crazy is right after that happened, um, the next morning, the breakout was gone. And I was clear for like a good month or two um, until the next one came in. And that being said, keep in mind, guys, I still had a lot of work to do detoxing from that mold environment I was living in. It, it doesn't happen overnight, and in my experience, it does take way more than emotional and spiritual healing to overcome a toxic environment. But that's that's another topic for another day. And I, I don't know. I don't know if energy healing can heal herpes. I, I don't think so. Um, but I, I could be wrong. I, I mean, ayahuasca really helped me because ayahuasca has this yin energy, and in Chinese medicine... Herpes is seen, oral or genital, is seen as damp heat. So dampness can be an invasion of a virus, but it could also be from eating foods that have no nutritional value. So what happens is these foods that don't really have nutritional value at all, so sugary foods, alcohol, they just kind of sit in your stomach and your body after car- Uh, after mobilizing all the nutrients from your other nutritional food, it kind of, it's, it's, it's the last thing that it's going to look at. And then by that point, it's just kind of sitting in your gut and it's just not contributing to anything. And it's, if you think about food in a fruit bowl, that's left and forgotten, it starts to get moldy. And so you could look at mold as dampness. I mean, dampness creates molds. What a great what a great analogy there. So dampening foods can also create heat in the body because it's creating friction. There's no longer that smooth and easy passageway. So you have to 
either dredge the channels, you drain the dampness, and you'll have to cool the heat because from that friction manifests heat. Yang energy, if you hear my podcast before, yang, yang energy is the energy of heat, of fire, of masculine energy. And yin energy is that cooling, more substantial, nourishing, feminine energy. And and I, I am like total typical yin deficiency type person. So what was really cool was because ayahuasca brought so much yin into my life for a very, very long time. I thought I, I thought I was cured. I thought I was done with the herpes. I think it was like three months until I had gotten a breakout, which wasn't emotionally induced. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really fast. And I, and actually I, I remember when I was doing these meditations called Osho Dynamic Meditations, I've mentioned it before, but I haven't really gone into great detail about it. But there, it's it's basically all about releasing trapped energy, trapped emotions, resetting your nervous system by allowing yourself to freak out. And I remember I, I did it for 30 days and I thought I was just going to cry the whole time. And no, what came out was anger. And anger is a pathology of the liver the liver governs or is very, very easily affected by emotions, emotional outbursts. And the liver meridian, which you could look at the meridian, you can look at the, li- the liver as an ocean. And what comes out of the ocean are all these rivers and streams. So the, the meridian is like a river and a stream. And the liver meridian wraps around your genitals. So when I was releasing so much anger for 30 it was a little over 30 days every morning i woke up and i did this dynamic meditation because i i felt the magic of it and i was yelling and cursing the world and everyone i loved and everyone i ever knew and myself and whipping things and breaking things and stabbing this canvas with a knife everything every way to express anger health in a healthy way i wasn't hurting myself but i remember in the very beginning i would get breakouts and then as i went deeper and deeper into this practice all of a sudden i was no longer getting breakouts and it was that was a time when i was super super inflamed and it was a time where yeah i was getting a lot of breakouts but they were quickly resolving themselves and I remember for about, a, yeah, for about a month or two after that, I wasn't getting anything. And I also want to mention too that I think I'm just a very um, uniquely sensitive person. Other people, my friend who had gotten it just the same time I did, I don't think has gotten another breakout since then, since the first initial ones. Lucky bastard. But I am... <laughs> just keep on getting them. And my body was not whispering. It was screaming. It's been screaming that there's something off here. There's something wrong. And so it's driven me towards all these practices of sitting with myself, of looking into my diet, looking into other ways, what like doing an anti-mold diet or actually realizing, realizing, wait, what, why am I getting, why is my immune system so wrecked and realizing, oh, I'm living somewhere with toxic mold. 
it's it's been like my canary in the gold mine that something's off and do I wish that I had more subtle ways of hearing that whisper absolutely <laughs> I do not wish this upon anyone it's it's a hard journey it's a hard path but it's my path and I truly truly am in this place where I don't I don't want to be anyone else I don't I don't. I love who I am. I love this path that I've been taken on. And do I have love for my herpes? <laughs> a, a part of one side of my brain is saying, if I say that I do out loud, does that mean it'll go away? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I do, but I have a respect for it. And I am grateful for all the moments in silence in deep reverence for my body and myself and all these movements towards my own sexual healing and towards releasing shame and and for for doing it for others i've only it's only recently come to light that my ability to be so cavalier about having it because there's just no other way that i could be i've actually had people come to me and thanking me for being so honest and open about it because they were carrying this shame themselves for years and hiding this secret from their loved ones, from their spouses. And no one, no one deserves to live in shame over something that quite honestly takes one person. It takes, I think there's this stigma that you're, um, you're a whore, you're a slut, you're whatever for having it. But guess what, guys? It takes one person to get it. I got so fired up uh, about a year ago because a friend of mine, their partner was shaming them, shaming them, shame, or no, no, no. The par- their partner didn't know that they had it. Their partner didn't know that they had herpes. And they were shaming another girl that so I guess their partner one of their buddies learned that his girlfriend had herpes and they were all shaming him they were shaming her what a whore what a slut and my friend hearing this it it tore them down because that's not who they are they actually it wasn't even from a sexual partner that they got it from some people get them from get it from family members from uh, oral herpes. You can get it from family members. And my my good friend said to her partner, "You know that I have it, right?" He's like, "What do you mean?" My friend said, "That's what that's what mouth sores are. It's herpes." And he flipped out and he shamed her, and it turned into this whole big thing, and it got me so fired up because it's just wrong. It's what your idea is of it if you don't have someone who loves you who is open about because guess what (laughs) guys you know there is someone that you know and you love and you respect who has it whether they have told you or not I'm telling you right now they got it and there's a reason why they're keeping it from you whether you project judgment or whether they're just feeling the shame and maybe you mirror that I'm not saying it's entirely your fault that they haven't told you. In fact, I personally believe open communication is our own responsibility. We can't blame others for our dishonesty. And I hope this podcast might, and there's no judgment. There's no judgment if you 
haven't told your partner if you feel afraid to. That's the whole point of this podcast is to look at judgment in the face and flick it away and say, no, thank you. Um, But I do hope this podcast might inspire you to feel more comfortable with having this conversation with your sexual partners, your community, and and maybe this is the key here. Maybe open communication is one of the first ways out of this shame circus that's been built around herpes. And I hope this podcast is also a chance for you to look at the role you might be playing in this circus here. I mean, I know that I had my own judgments before this thing ever came into my life. It, look at the stigma in your life. I mean, you might just be hearing my voice for the first time. Welcome. Welcome to the show if you are. <laughs> but you might have been hearing my voice for 17, ep- 17, 18. I don't know what number we're on right now. But yeah, for this many episodes now, you may have known me my whole life and you just decided to tune in for once to this episode and you might respect me and know me and love me or at least have some sort of tender emotion towards me. And I'm wondering, does knowing this about me, does it change your opinion about me? I mean, it is what it is. And I don't feel I don't feel sad or ashamed for anyone's opinions on me because of this thing. I know who I am. And the fact is, this virus has influenced me to dig way too deep into my darkest, most shame ridden corners of my entire being for me to succumb to any external judgment. And if you're someone who's struggling with herpes or your past or your sexual behaviors or you're paranoid that everyone around you thinks you're a slut or whatever, then use this podcast as your beacon of hope. I I did all the things society would deem as shameful. I got with someone's boyfriend. I lied to myself. I lied to the love of my life. I became a quote-unquote social pariah this you know that remember that demon I mentioned earlier with the the fangs and the the abysmal eyes you know I embodied that for a while and it sucked I didn't it didn't feel good but I was all of these things and then I became I became and unbecame all these things and I still came out of it on the other side with more love and more acceptance of myself and others and and more empowerment and guess what sharing my truth feels good walking myself back through this story of self-pity redemption forgiveness acceptance and taking responsibility is way more healing than any herbal protocol or any energy healing session. I think I'm at the point of the podcast where I'm feeling myself ramble and I think I've made all the points that I've wanted to make. All the whispers, all the lessons, all the growth. And I'm not done. I'm not I'm not given giving up. I I do have this dream that it is curable. And that by the time I decide it's time to have children, that I'll already have this resolved in me. It won't just be an added stress of trying to be a fertile, fertile person in general. Like that's already stressful enough for people. Um, 
I hope that it's behind me by the time that happened. If you are listening and you have felt really alone in your diagnosis, reach out to me or or not. I, I mean, I'm sending you a hug, <laughs> whether you want it or not. I'm pulling you and I'm squeezing you tight and I'm letting you know that it's okay. It's going to be okay and it's okay right now. And I absolutely went through the phase where ev- for years, for years, where every breakout was an emotional breakdown and an absolute journey into shame and relearning how to love myself and how to love my body. And I'm gratefully, I'm at the point now where I have a breakout and it's just not the end of the world anymore. It's my time to look around and say like, okay, where did I fuck up here? (laughs) Well, maybe not where did I fuck up, but where did I forget to listen? Um, So right now I'm using as a tool for my own spirituality. I'm also, I'm not giving up hope that it can get better and it will get better. So I'm hoping to share that hope with you and to share this shaking off of shame. It's so bullshit. You do not deserve to carry shame with you everywhere you go. If you want to work with me, I cannot cure your herpes, (laughs) but maybe I can help you work through this, these emotions and help you release what's been caught in in your energy field or whatever it is. But yeah, if you want to find me, head over to schoolofwhispers.com. My social media is in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. And I will be feeling your energy next week.